picked up a little head cold somewhere. So if, if I sound like I'm talking in a barrel, I am. Uh, but it's going to be all right. Ephesians chapter 6. I got really just going to impart this thought to you because I, I need to feed you. How many of you know that, um, that it's a pastor's job to feed the flock? Um, and and I, you already know me. I am not into coming in here feeding you cotton candy and soda every Sunday. You know, put you on a sugar high, get you up, and about, about Wednesday you crash. You know, I want to get you some healthy, some healthy. In fact, some of you, you, you need the milk, all right? You need the pure milk because where you are. But you know, the writer of Hebrews said, some of y'all are still on milk and there's been a long time you should have already been eating the meat. Now listen, I could get a little technical right there, but I'm not going to go there. That sometimes it's time to leave mama. All right, see, I, didn't, I told you I wasn't going to go there. And it's time to move on to some, to some solid food. All right, so, uh, uh, you know, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I sure do. Then what do he say? Y'all help me. Then feed my sheep or care for my sheep. So I want to I give you a little something to, to feed on today, to go. Because even as we were singing, peace, peace, wonderful peace. Church, how many know? Not only we as a church, but in our city, in our nation, in this world, what people are looking for and they can't find it, and that is a peace. You know, some people find a, a false peace at the bottom of a liquor bottle. Some people are finding peace, but a false peace by taking a handful of pills. Some people think their peace is when they look at their bank account and it's fat. Some people think that their peace depends upon somebody that's in their life, that their peace is dependent upon whether I have a husband or a wife or my peace is dependent upon whether my kids get along. I need a little help here on this introduction. Uh, or if, if the stock market, did you see what the stock market, did you see my portfolio? <gasps> I have peace. I mean, if you find peace there, you can lose it really fast. I want to talk to you about what the Bible talks about. There is a peace that surpasses understanding. There is a peace, look at me now, that you can be standing in the midst of a storm and, and things just whirling and swirling around you, debris, things crashing in all around your life. And all of a sudden you think, you know what? My circumstances are not affecting what's, inside, what's going on inside of me. Hey, can I be honest with you? I'm going to preach to myself this morning. So you can, you can stay if you'd like and listen to the, you know, you can be a part of this. But I'm, I might just go out and just, just sit down by Miss Kay over here and just say, go ahead, preacher. Bring it. Bring it thick. You know, put the, put the fruit down where the sheep can get it from the ground. All right? Bring it to us. There is a peace that passeth understanding. And when I begin to contemplate this, Ephesians 6 verse 15, and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We all know that, don't we? We all know that part of the armor. Now, we've talked about being strong in the Lord. We talked about we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Then we went to the belt of truth, and then we kind of talked a little bit about the righteousness that's in that breastplate. But now we come to the shoes of peace. And uh, y'all have to forgive me 
but my mind acts crazy. But remember my favorite movie is Forrest Gump, and he's sitting there with the little waitress on the bench right outside at the bus stop. And now look at me. He, reaches, he looks over, and he goes, those must be comfortable shoes. Come on, that's a pretty good Forrest Gump. I don't care who you are. Mom always said, you could tell a lot about a person by their shoes, where they been, where they going. What did the little waitress say back to him? My feet hurt. And then he says, I bet if I could remember my first pair of shoes, mama said, they are magic shoes. You want to know what I'm talking to you about today? Magic shoes. Some of y'all don't remember, all right, Ben, when, um, when Air Jordans came. Y'all might remember this. When Air Jordans came out and Spike, you remember Spike, what's his name? Mike Lee. He wrote the commercial and the whole, the whole bit about the commercials, they're going around doing all these super fantastic things in the shoes and the, and the whole commercial on Air Jordan said, must be the shoes, Mike. Must be the shoes, Mike. So that's what I'm talking to you about today. Must be the shoes that we've got to put on that helps us to do things that we couldn't otherwise do without them. I want to ask you, did you put your shoes on today? Or did you come into his presence without shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Oh, listen now. Um, I just need to say this. Put, put that next slide up there. Um, to the church, that's, I see, because, you know, the book of Ephesians, let me back off a little bit. When you read the letter to the church at Ephesus, you know, Corinthians and some of the other books, they're, they're answering letters that were sent to the Apostle Paul. When you study the book of Ephesians, apparently he's not answering anything, but he's, given, he's been given revelation. And really the, the theme of, this, of all six chapters is talking about the church. In fact, six chapters, he addresses more about the church than probably any other book of the New Testament. So how do you know this thing's thick? It's got a lot of, it's, got, it's a multivitamin. And you remember what we said, that there was, a prog, there was a process or a progress in the way God gave it to Paul? He said, first of all, you're seated in heavenly places today. All right, let me look you down now. Do you know where you're seated today? He says, you've already been raised up, are you? And you've been seated with him in heavenly places. And then he said, because you're seated, you need to walk in love. Yeah, you need to walk while you're seated. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in wisdom, walk in light. You need to walk in these things. And then he brings us to the place to where you better learn how to stand. Because Bill, don't talk about the devil. Talk about, uh, you know, my name's Jimmy. You got to bless me, Lord. You know, gimme, gimme, gimme. Because I'm Jimmy, you know. I like those messages too. But he takes, he brings us this place. And now you're seated. Are you seated there? Because you're far above that. You have perspective. You have air superiority. H-E-I-R. Air. Is that the right spelling? Did I get my vowels mixed up? All right. E-R-I-E. Anyway, you, you fill in the blank right there, would you? You go, you walk as you're seated. But then he brings you right on. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
But we've got entities, we've got personalities, we've got invisible things that's fighting us. And then he says, so you need to be strong in the Lord, the power of his mind. And then he says, and now I want you to put on the full armor of God. So the point I'm trying to make is that there's not one piece of the armor God has given the church and the Christian that is, um, should be left out of your arsenal. Because understand this, every piece of armor is for a specific place that the enemy knows that if he can come after you, that makes you vulnerable in that area. So Paul brings us now to this place of shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now I didn't get a picture today, but there were actually, did you know there were two parts of the shoes for a Roman soldier? It was what was called the, the grief, the grieve, which was, it, it came up to, to the bottom of the um, knees and went down to the top of the ankles. It was made of metal and it was to keep, uh, like if you were to be hit in the shins. How many ever been kicked in the shins or hit in the shins? I mean, it'd make you say Christian cuss words when you get, when you get kicked in the, in the shins. Y'all don't know what Christian cuss words are? Come see me right after the service and I'll tell you what they are. All right? But how many you know, those of you who, who fight in wars, you know, if you get your, your legs broken, your knees or your, or your, your shins, man, it, it debilitates you in fighting. You, you've lost. So there was protection. And then there were the coverings that went over the top of the shoes because some of them had weapons like spikes and it would come down like a pickaxe and they'd come down on the top of your feet and try to hit you on your feet in order to, and they could, they could wound your feet. They could mortally cause you to fall down. Now you're really vulnerable. You're on the ground. All right, you're starting to get that feet are pretty important. And then the other thing, they wore steel spikes. You know, any golfers here, remember, remember the old spikes? Or in baseball, you know, would you cleat somebody sliding into second base? You know, they had one inch or more spikes. Listen, the shoes that they wore were lethal. They were killer shoes. Oh, I had this thought. You know, the devil wears Prada, but we wear Gata. Y'all pray for me. Would you pray for me? And uh, so God says, I, I need for you to get the shoes of peace on. Now watch. He says, because they're protecting your walk. The shoes of peace protect how you walk. And to the church, you can stand against the schemes of the devil only to the degree that you are protected by the whole armor of God. So he says, put on the whole armor. So what we need to do today, church, is that we need to make sure that we've got the shoes of peace on. And I see two main purposes for the peace, for peace footwear. One, they're the shoes of peace, which meant they're to protect us from some things. Interesting that he went there in clothing this Roman soldier. He says, he says they're, they're to protect you from something. But also I see in the word of God that the shoes of peace also provide something. Now, look at Joshua 1 verse 2 if you want to flip over there with me. Joshua 1. Because the shoes of peace are meant for protection and provision in the time of battle. Now look, here's what God says to Joshua, Joshua 1, verse 2. He says, now therefore, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. So there's a transition generationally. He says, now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of this people. You see, he's speaking to you and me individually, but he's speaking to us corporately. To the land which I have given them, even to the children of Israel. Now look at this verse. Every place 
on which the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it to you. So church, these shoes are meant, yes, to protect us from individual. You see, the devil's trying to come and get your health. The devil wants your finances. The devil wants your marriage. He wants your children. He, he, he wants to rob you of your peace. But understand, those shoes are put there to protect you from something the enemy's trying to take from you. But understand, these shoes that we walk in means that when we get up and walk out these doors, we are to take the peace that's already been established and go out into a world that's looking desperately for it. People need to be able to come to us and say, okay, our family, our friends, our neighbors, somebody we work with, and say, you know what, I've been watching you. I, I, I've been listening to you talk. I st- I, I, I've just been kind of watching, and you know, there's something different about you. Listen now, I believe they need to be able to say, why is it you're, you're at such peace? Don't you see that people are taking nervous pills? Don't you, don't you see that people are upset and mad? You got road rage out there. You got craziness. And they turn and look at you and you are a picture of peace. What that means is that you have moved into an oikos, into a sphere to where storms can be breaking out all around you, but inside you have perfect peace. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Deanna was telling me this morning, reminded me of the story because he says, you're, you're supposed, every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread, I've given it to you. That means, here's the way it's supposed to work. Look at me now. When we step into a room, if we're reading this right and we got the shoes of peace on, when we step into that room, the chaos, the confusion, the hurt, the wound, there's something, something happens. Because we, something inside of you, are you aware that the greater thing is inside of you? Greater is he, come on somebody, there's greater is he who's inside of you. So when you walk into a room and that oikos is all stirred and there's strife and all that stuff, you, you have the prince of peace, the sire shalom. And when you step into that situation, the word says, and he reigns and said, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So you move into the room and it goes, that's the way, that's because God's given it to me. And so Deanna was telling me there were two um, people that was asked to draw a picture of peace. And so the one painted a picture of, of a beautiful placid lake, you know, and, and little, uh, you know, the, the wind rushing over the, 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 the grains of wheat in the field behind and is just a light, a real serene picture. And said, so now there's a picture of peace. The other person drew a picture of a little bird in a nest right beside a raging waterfall. And as the water is just pounding and falling, the little bird is just sitting right there in the nest, just undisturbed at perfect peace. And they said, there's your, there's your picture of peace, of being right in the middle of chaos, but having peace. I want to talk to you about that. That Jesus, remember he was at the, in the bottom of the boat because see, peace protects and it provides. He's at the bottom of the boat and the storm's raging, right? Remember that story? Bound, pounding. And here you got these blue collar fishermen. Listen, these were tough guys. Make no mistake about it. Peter and the boys, they were tough. I mean, that, you know they'd been in storms. This must have been a pretty bad storm because they thought that they were going to drown. And somebody said, go down and wake up Jesus because we're going to drown. This is a bad storm. And what does it say? It says Jesus was down in the bow of the boat and said he was asleep. What does that tell you? That 
you can actually sleep at peace while storms are breaking out all around your life. He's down there asleep. You know, I shared this with, with a pastor friend of mine. I was over at a church a couple of months ago and he seemed to be anxious about getting all the last minute things for the service. I, I know how that is. And I just thought, I said, pastor, I, can I remind you, I, when I read the word, now listen now, somebody y'all need, we, we, I need to, remember I'm preaching to myself. So all of y'all, including you, Bill. I have never seen anywhere in the scripture where Jesus was in a hurry. Can I tell you, I've had to repent to the Lord several times of going over the speed limit because I was running late. Now, don't anybody look at me in that tone of voice. Okay. Because I was in a hurry. And I've got to remember, if I'm being anxious, I'm not at peace. If I have worry going on inside of my mind and my heart, if I'm laying there, anybody know what I'm talking about? Laying there on the pillow and your mind's racing a thousand miles. Oh, how am I going to pay these bills? How are we going to go? Through? Oh, I don't like that report I got from that. And your mind's racing. That's a picture that you're in the storm and we need to find ourselves where Jesus found himself where I can, I can go to sleep in storms. Oh, there was another place, by the way, where a storm, you know, they were in a storm, but Jesus wasn't in the boat. Y'all remember that one, right? And Jesus comes walking on the water. I stood, that's enough, like the loaves and fishes. I'm trying to picture that. Because you understand, uh, uh, you know, uh, Peter was, he, he said, you know, if that's you, Lord, bid me come out. I'm trying to, you know, it said there were waves. And Jesus walking on the waves. I'm thinking, how did he do this? He's like surfing. Is, is, it, is it one of these things right here? Or when he walks, it just goes, Phew. Have you ever had that thought? I mean, that's it's just craziness. But it said he was walking on the waves, y'all. And so in other words, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are around that when you're in perfect peace, you can actually walk on rough waters. And other times I found that, you know, oh, by the way, when Jesus came up out of the boat, remember what he did? I mean, basically he just went, to, if you want me to break it down for you, brother, he just basically came out and said, hey, and they all said, this must be God because even storms obey him. There is a peace that God wants us to walk in. It's called the shoes of peace and it's provision during times of confusion. Turn over to Philippians 4. Let me read four verses there. Philippians 4, be anxious. Oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm ahead of myself. Go up to Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke 10, 19. We're talking about walking where we should. Behold, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now look at this. I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How many of you like spiders? May I see your hand? I got no takers. How many of you like snakes? Nobody. You know, there's people who like snakes as pets. I'm thinking, man, are you kidding me? I want a boa constrictor as, as, as my, and I'm going to lay there in the bed and feel something going around my neck. Oh, I forgot to shut the cage. Y'all remember that song back in the 70s, I Don't Like Spiders and Snakes? Well, that's my song. 
You know, but look, but this is not talking about literal serpents and scorpions. This is talking about demonic powers. You get in a picture here? When you have your shoes of peace on, do you understand that the devils that are trying to take your life are under your feet? You tread upon them, it says, and you're not under their power, uh, but, uh, but they are under yours. Now, go to Ephesians. This is provision during confusion when it comes to... Uh, what's going on in the world and why we need to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be anxious for nothing. I mean absolutely nothing, it says. But in everything, you notice the, um, the absolute of both of those? Be anxious for nothing, nothing. Well, what are you anxious? Yeah, but Bill, you don't understand. I, I got a report or I'm going through a tough... He said nothing, but in everything. That means leaving nothing out by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your quest be made known to God and the peace of God which passes, surpasses comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? That, that, that word guard, it means to keep it means to protect. Do you understand? Look at me now, church. There's a peace that's out there that is self-contained. That look at me. When you step into it, that the peace, God puts a, a, a peace, a force field of peace around you, and it becomes the measure of your peace. It becomes the measure of where you are with God. See, if you've lost your peace, you've lost your connection with his presence. Because in his presence, there's joy, and yes, there's peace too. And in that presence, and, and here's what happened. It says, it shall keep, you know that word there, it means sentry. It can be translated sentry. It can mean guard or, or an umpire, a referee. So look at me, look, look, illustrate it this way. You're standing here and you've moved in that place. You've shod your feet with the preparation of gospel. You're walking in peace. And all of a sudden you hit, and something comes into your life that, that disturbs it's trying to get into your mind. And peace steps up over your soul and makes the call. It's like the peace has got a striped jersey on. And he's waiting to see what comes in. And if it doesn't belong there, peace looks at you and goes, he's out. And you look at that circumstance and say, uh-uh, out. You can't get in here because peace is keeping me. Now, something else comes in. It's not, it's, 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 it's something that God is putting into your life, but it's, you, you're not sure about it. It's just you, God. And you look to peace, and peace looks over you and goes, safe. He's in there. Why? Because peace is something that keeps you. You want to know something? Peace is a guide, a guard, and a governor over your life. Did you get that? 3G. Guide, guard, governor. And you need to let peace be something that speaks to you because it measures the presence of God in your life. Now it goes on to say, find the brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good repute. If there's any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, dwell, think, or meditate on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard from me, practice these things. And now look at this. Have you seen the latter part of that verse? And the God of peace will be with you. Do you see when, it's not about us opening our mind to everything that's out there. Hey, how's the focus of your mind? 
Oh, I've been having to do that lately. Get my focus. How many of you find when you're, when you're really moving in the things of God, the enemy, the first thing he wants to do to, to get you off course is that he will put a distraction on you. Have you found that to be true? I have found all, not, sometimes it's a circumstance. A lot of times it's a person. I mean, there will be a plant. You're there trying to do what God, and suddenly somebody just steps in your eye and they say something and, and it just skews, it throws you into confusion. What's he doing? He's trying to break your focus. But he said, whatever things that fall in these categories, focus, fix, dwell on those things. And you got that peace now? He says, and the God of peace will be with you. Can I tell you where the devil belongs in our lives? I, y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? Where does the devil belong in your life? Is it in your head? Oh, Lord, I'm going to have to stand here in front of these people and confess, I have let the devil get in my head. Sometimes I've let him get in my Sometimes I've heard his voice and, and succumbed to it. Sometimes I've let him oppress me and, and, and make me feel discouraged, feel down. But I, I'm going to stand here right now and tell you, but you know what? He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Y'all know that one. Well, I went to the... Mm, mm. Yeah. The only place that the devil belongs in your life is under your feet and under my feet. Romans 16, 20. I skipped over a verse there. I'm going to come back to that and end with it. Romans 16, 20. Y'all know this, don't you? Look at what, how God identifies himself with this verse. He says, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Uh, we, need, we need some serpent crushers in this church. We need the church to rise up again and say, you know what, we're, we're into crushing out, let not your heart be scared. I'm not gonna pass out the snakes this morning. You know, we, we keep them locked up back there and we only let them out for special services. All right, so this is not a special service today. All right. But we need, we need some folks that have a mentality, okay, we're not under the devil's influence. We're not, we're not allowing him. We are, we are keeping the devil under our feet. And you know what it's, it's the interesting part about, it says, and the God of peace will soon, you know, that, that, you know, it's prophetically meaning, according to the Bible, the devil will eventually be thrown. But here's what that means. The devil, look at me now. The devil is in our pathway. He's in your pathway. He'll try to, he'll send a minion from hell that'll bring something that'll get against you to, to stop your progress, to discourage you, to put you down. And, and what he's saying is that the God of all peace will, as soon as that happens, you're going to crush him under your feet. It's because he always waits for seasons, the enemy does. He's, he's not, he doesn't attack 24-7, he'll attack and he'll go away and he'll wait to see. And listen now, you want to know one of the things he's looking for? He's looking to see if you've got your armor on. And he sees if you haven't got the belt on, if you haven't got the breastplate, if you, don't have, if you haven't shod your feet with the preparation of God's feet, he says, oh look, she doesn't have her shoes on. I can, I can rob her of her peace because she forgot to put the peace on. And he's going to come after you in that area if you don't understand. Peace is one of my best friends. He's called the Prince of Peace. He's called the God of Peace. And it helps me. It protects me. Now, go over to um, Isaiah 26. I finished up with this. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. This is out of the literal temptation. 
Well, I, I got your attention then, didn't I? I didn't hear anything else you said until you said that. The literal temptation? No, it's the literal translation. I'm a sorry. Him you will keep, and shalom, shalom, most of your translations probably says perfect peace, which is a good translation, whose mind is set upon you because he trusts in you. For you confide in Yahweh eternally. For the Lord Yahweh is everlasting strength. All right, here's what that means. Peace, it says, one, one version of it says to because we trust in the Lord that we're to, watch me now, that you're supposed to take peace, excuse me, to take your mind, all right, and you're supposed to prop it up on God. Do you see what I'm doing there? You take it and you prop your mind or you, like a ladder. You set it or you stay it upon who God is. He's the God of peace. He's the Prince of peace, amen? And, and when you set it up there, it says, and that peace will keep your mind, and it says, shalom, shalom. Perfect peace because it's, that, that word shalom is whole, sound. It has integrity. It's not lacking anything. But here's what it means. Your mind has two hemispheres, right? You're, it has two lobes. There's the intuitive side, and there's the intellectual side. There's the analytical side, and there is the feeling side. There's the emotional side, and there is the thinking side. All right, so look what happens. And God is brilliant in writing the scriptures, y'all. He says, if you'll take your mind and prop it up on me, he said, here's what's gonna happen. He said, I'm gonna step into that stormy part, that confused part of the way you're thinking. You're trying to calculate. You're trying to understand what am I going through? God, help me. He goes, I step into that stormy part and I go, shh, peace. And your thoughts settle. And you go, thank you, Lord. I can think clearly now. Because see, the Bible says God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. You know that word sound is like the word shalom. It means it's not fragmented. It's not broken down. It's not fatigued. It's whole. But he also steps over to your emotions. How many of you have had your emotions stirred up? He goes to your emotions. And so, you know, I heard one brother told me, I said, how you doing? He said, man, I'm I'm all toe up. I said, you what? He said, I'm all toe up. You're all tor- torn up. Oh, yeah, I'm all torn up. Yeah. Have you ever had your emotions all unsettled and torn up? Well, what you do when you set your mind up on him, he goes down to your emotions and goes, shh, calm down. And you feel, oh, God, I needed that. But you're saying, but Bill, I'm still looking at the storm still raging. Yeah, but there's a peace inside of you. He promised. You know what that literally, the, the word picture in the Hebrew of when you prop your mind up on the Lord, it's like when you build a tent and when you put a pole up and it stretches the canopy out, watch now, watch taking the pressure of all of that roof of the canopy, what you propped up. So he goes, when you prop up your mind on me, I take the pressure off of everything else. Are you receiving this today? So what's our job? In putting, those, putting on these shoes of peace, we've got to learn to find that place. Lord, I'm going to go and set my mind up on you so that it can relieve the pressure that I'm under. I told you I'm preaching to myself. 
That God, I can't find peace in this world. I can't find peace in anybody else. And, and God said, that's a good thing. Because when you find that all, all you've got is me, here's what you're going to find. Somebody help the preacher. That I am enough. Amen. I want you to stand up on your feet. Come on, Frank. Help me close out this morning.